off day for the Guardians, but we have the American League Player of the Month, the American League Rookie of the Month, a broken wrist, all to discuss on today's episode of Lockdown Guardians and previewing the return of Mike Clevenger to Cleveland. You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So let's start with the uh, American League Rookie of the Month for April, Seiya Suzuki, who you know, if you listen to this podcast, you know I was always talking about uh, how much I would have loved for him in Cleveland. Uh, obviously, it was not to be, and uh, he has looked utterly um, amazing in the early going of the year. Quan, even with his missed time due to injury, so you know, getting to later in the show, I had to go and look bet online, put the odds on Quan. Remember, how I was like plus five thousand. Uh, it's now seven to one. <laughs> we missed the window. I said, I was like, man, he's a great dark horse bet. And then I did not listen to my own words. This was an interesting fact. And I read the article over at MLB.com. Who was the last Cleveland rookie to win an AL Rookie of the Month? I'll give it a second. I'll give it a second. Tyler Naquin. It's been that long. Uh, Naquin had that ridiculously hot start. Then uh, people kind of figured him out. He's stayed... Let's put it this way. Naquin is on his way to being the third best outfielder drafted and developed by the Cleveland Guardians since Manny Ramirez. Uh, fourth, if you want to kind of list Richie Sexton as an outfielder, he spent some time there as well as first. But yeah, it's it's maybe he passes Ryan Church. I mean, he might even move up to second. Could Naquin, I don't think he'll quite get to the Luke Scott level of war, but yeah, it's Talk about it a lot of times on the show. How crazy is that that is the, the last player. I, you, that's part of the problem with this team right now, right? Naquin has been, you know, gone for two years. Uh, played in Cleveland for three to four years before that first round pick. But they have not had anyone young show up and perform consistently enough to qualify. Bobby Bradley could have maybe gotten it for June of last year and he came up. But yeah, they've, they haven't given that opportunity to young players. And when they have, they haven't performed. So it stood out for me more for that than anything else. Uh, hopefully, we'll continue to see Quan healthy and playing well. Uh, and that's We'll go with the other positive, which is Jose Ramirez being named the Player of the Month. Uh, apparently, having that new contract agrees with him. As they point out in the article, he leads the majors in RBIs. You know how I feel about that stat. Second in OPS and second in home runs and top five for batting average. So he's, it's early for sure, but he is on a triple crown pace. At least you have to point it out and mention it. Other side of things, another third baseman, Nolan Arenado, uh, is the other player who got the the, the player of the month in the NL. Uh, this is the third career player of the month for Ramirez, uh, and he was the Guardians' most recent winner when he won in September 2020. So that's how long it's been. It's not as big of a gap as, as the Naquin one, but still, uh, he uh, previously won in July 2018 as well. So that's some awards uh, for all the struggles. And as much as people are freaking out and ready to jump off this team after a rough stretch. By the way, the Yankees have won 10 in a row right now. Just going to throw that out there. Uh, facing the Yankees and the Angels. 
I mean, I was saying, like, I think this team, Franville Reyes will figure it out and they'll win 80 games. And people are like, you're quite the optimist. <laughs> and I couldn't help but laugh. So I thought about all the times people have called me the pessimist on this podcast. Uh, but uh, again, I think they'll get there. You know, they had a, they've been a bit streaky. They they won those three games against Oakland after the bad seven game stretch. But for all of the ups and downs, it's a team that offensively is producing. You know, they're actually relative in batting at average batting average rankings. I saw on Sunday when I was watching the game. What second uh, in the American League? It's it's a little bit crazy. Uh, for all of the games where they've really struggled, that they've had such strong performances when everyone's healthy in there, that the, the you know the compiling numbers are all very good for them. Uh, let's get into the negatives. Gabriel uh, Arias, Arias. We you know I had someone today talk about how I butcher names more than anyone else. I am always going to butcher names. Classic example is I did a book on tape for my daughter about uh, Beauty and the Beast, and I bounced between Philippe and Philip. I get in my own head. If you're listening to the podcast, yes, I put your names. Uh, oh, by the way, I should do the correct thing, and thank you for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen today, every day, wherever you get podcasts. And if you don't know me, uh, my name is Jeff Ellis. I've been doing this for 700-plus episodes. Before that, I was a lead draft and prospect analyst at Scout N24-7, where I talked you know, prospects and minors almost exclusively before that. Indians baseball and Indians prospect insider, and I appeared in some form on any Cleveland sports blog that talked about the Guardians. I also want to take a moment and say tomorrow's podcast, Hunter Gaddis, double A pitcher, starter right now, could be a reliever down the road. Either way, uh, I feel strongly that he's a name you should know because I think he's going to be a major league pitcher in some form. Uh, you know, he's again, I will say it. He's there's some Eli Morgan esque traits when you look at Hunter Gaddis. Now, there are the uh, you couldn't find two diametrically different builds uh, between the two of them. Physically, they do not resemble each other in any way, shape, or form. Pitch mix, uh, ability to miss bats, home run rate being a little higher, and walk rate being low. That is where they're the same. Uh, again, they look very different, but in terms of results, I see a lot of similarities between those two players. Uh, but that is for tomorrow's show. Look forward to that. It's a good chat. Now, talking prospects, we talked about Gabriel Arias here. Uh, fifth metacarpal in his hand got broke. We'll have to see what the timeline is. He's going to go on the IL. So he's he's out for weeks. Like A broken finger is probably at least three potentially up to five or more if there needs to be some kind of surgery it's unfortunate yeah he was scuffling in triple a in some regards you might say well hey you know he was so good a year ago he's repeating a level sometimes that happens when you repeat levels guys uh struggle a bit you know they're like well i've already proven i can do this at like the next step this gives him a chance to relax refresh his mind come back and you know get right back into it uh, it does mean that uh, all those theoretical trades, you might as well pull them out of it. Uh, Ty Freeman can't play shortstop. I, I get so many questions he's got from it. He's not, no, the arm was fringy at best to begin with. I know he had the labrum surgery on his non-throwing arm, but there's a lot of people who, I mean, his arm was never strong. That was never his advantage. He's a second baseman all the way. So, yeah, if, in right now, let's be honest, with the way Andres Jimenez is playing, Right now, that's your shortstop of the now and the future. If he is going to hit like that, and he's already a plus defender, we know that. 
that should be where he is every day. I don't care if Ahmed Rosario gets healthy and comes back. Put him at second base. It's a less demanding defensive position. That shouldn't be up for debate. Jimenez at short and leave him alone. Uh, there was some talk that, no, when Rosario comes back, he's an everyday guy. And I get that to a degree because if you make him an everyday guy and he rebounds, it might allow you to rebound some trade value. Uh, he's just not – and a lot of people are like, why would you trade him? You know, much like uh, Fran Mill, when he gets it together, he's a league averagers bat, and this team has struggled to find league average bats. Well, they got some guys who are performing, and you'd like to see them get at bats. You have the young players that you need them to get reps. You know, Nolan Jones at some point is going to need to spend a month, month and a half, two months with this team. He's already been on the 40-man two years running. Once he gets healthy, you want to get those opportunities. Uh, I mean, heck, Oscar Gonzalez, I don't know how you find space, but he is crushing baseballs. At some point, you have to just see what he can do. Uh, And again, this team is not, it's a packed full 40-man right now, right? Uh, They made their cuts. They did everything. Uh, Castro was sent down to the minors as they were kind of getting everything together. When you look at the players on this 40-man for this team, there's still some pieces where I'm like, well, that guy, you know, you can maybe move away from this player. You could maybe consider, you know, I, I'm not sold on Oviedo, who they brought back. I, I mean, Castro, I'm not sure if he's a major leaguer. Uh, you know, the, the, the problem is, of course, so many guys in the younger levels that they went out and added for um, in terms of the concerns with the 40-man draft. I mean... Mercado, you probably want to keep as your fourth outfielder if he's going to play every day. Uh, if you're going to go out there and play this team kind of how it's set up right now, uh, you need Clement, you need Mercado. See, so those aren't really players you're looking to cut. But even the bullpen, I guess it is. It's getting a little tighter than I thought. Uh, when Yu Chen Chang is ready to come back, I mean, he is the guy. If he's not going to get reps... He's still, I know Hiram is screaming somewhere if he's listening. That's his dude. But if he's not going to play every day and you're not going to give him that opportunity, that he does not bring a ton of value to the organization. Uh, I would assume Clement might go down in that uh, situation. But still, it's we're getting to the point where this 40-man is not just packed, but they've gotten rid of a lot of the dead weight. The Bradley Zimmer, the Logan Allen, the Bobby Bradley, the obvious moves have been made. Uh, so it's going to be tricky because... Now, at some point, Cody Morris has to get activated. He's not on the 40-man now because he's on the 60-man. Carlos Vargas is going to get activated. You're going to have to move him back onto a roster. Uh, you're going to have to figure out how to juggle this. You're going to have to figure out who is the, you know, who are the next guys to go? Who are the players on the bubble? I assume they'll give Aniel or Aniel de Los Santos some opportunities. Uh, we'll see if he can, you know, continue to perform well. But I think he's a guy where it's a short um, string just due to the depth. And again, you ta- I talked about it on the show yesterday. Look at this bullpen. This bullpen that I was like, okay, this is a weakness, is actually a strength for the Guardians right now. And there's not as many spots. Like, we know they love Shaw, who's been kind of mediocre-ish, but passable. Henches has been great. Uh, Trevor... Stefan has been great. Emmanuel Classe has been solid. Uh, Sandlin has been great. <laughs> they have a lot of really strong arms back there. Eli Morgan is uh, a fantastic sixth arm slash swing man. 
there's not a whole lot of places. At some point, Karen Track, you assume, is going to come up. Miklo Jack, uh, maybe Cody Morris. This bullpen is going to be such a strength for this team. Now, caution. I said that about this time a year ago, and things shifted. So bullpens are notoriously flammable. We'll have to see. But, yeah, we have uh, two players of the month. Uh, we have a lot of young, fun arms. And we're going to do a preview of this Padres series coming up in segment two. So make sure to tune in. With spring in the air, it's time of renewal and growth, personally and professionally. As your small business grows, LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Uh, You know, the one thing I've always found fun about LinkedIn, various uh, opposed to other social media, is it's actually the place where I've connected to the most people in baseball. It is a heavy baseball site, and I'll just state that right now. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond on the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in developing quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find candidates you want to talk you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million people, 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedonmlb. That's right, linkedin.com slash lockedonmlb to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. You know, I already talked about earlier in the show how I missed on Stephen Kwan. This is going to haunt me. <laughs> Pardon me. You know, I will say the upside is if Stephen Kwan doesn't win the Rookie of the Year, at least then I don't have to feel too bad when he inevitably gets hosed because he's not the big name. His dad isn't a former player. He didn't have all the hype or he doesn't play in a larger market because that will happen. Like as much as I want to say Stephen Kwan's going to win this, um, uh, that is my solace. But I would be happier right now if I put that bet over at betonline.net, your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments league reviews and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, NHL playoffs, and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. So I did want to touch on two kind of minor moves that happened. A lot. I mean, everyone had to cut down rosters, so there was a lot of movement. It was also an opt-out date for a lot of players in the minors, so there was a lot of small moves around baseball. I don't know what you do with Austin Allen. I've liked him since his days at, at with San Diego, former first round, first round, fourth round pick out of Florida Institute of Technology. Uh, you know, he, he went to a, a Chamaine college prep, which is a program that has produced quite a few guys. And, you know, Vegas is a hitter's park, but El Paso is another hitter's park. And that's the problem. Like, why is San Diego bad at, uh, well, you know, they're different AAAs, uh, both one being San Diego's, one being Oakland. Uh, San Antonio, you know, he hit pretty well. But as a catcher, this guy has just murdered some baseballs. Like, he's got four seasons in the minors. Now, some of those times he was old for his level. Some of those times he was young for his level. But he had four seasons of 20-plus home runs. Uh, he had big years in the minors. He's not been good in the majors. <laughs> There's no way to sugarcoat it. He has not been that great overall in the majors, but I just I'm always curious about catching talent. Um, 
you know, he's also only had a grand total of 127 plate appearances. It's not like over the last four years, this is a guy getting all the reps in the world. He has not had an extended look. If I ran a bad team, I would totally target him. I would see what he can do. I would just let him out there for 60 games because even if he's a below-average defender, if he can hit even 80% of what he's done in the minors, he's going to be incredibly valuable to your team. So again, you know, the Guardians, yes. I mean, it's a black hole at catcher. They're not going to go after him. But I ran a bad team. This is the type of guy you want to go for because catching is so rare. I also wanted to say old friend alert, Sean Armstrong, former uh, 18th round pick, one of the... No, he was no, he was not one of the, you know, I was having that. Was he part of the uh, Paul Bird trade? No, he was not. That was uh, Bryce Stoll. Uh, Green was just an 18th round. I got, he was, so I was the first on Cody Allen. And he was that player where when they didn't sign him, I was disappointed. And then they got him the next year, actually drafted him later. And I was very, I thought he could be, potentially be a starter. Armstrong was my follow-up guy. And while he didn't do much, uh, overall you know I put him in the top 10 after his first or second year in the system I thought you know I put him nine or ten now I don't know if I'd ever do that with a reliever again but I will say the guy's pitched for the last eight years in the big leagues 160 games like you know relative to all things is an 18th round pick to pitch in 160 games that's you know old friend alert let's let's give Sean Armstrong a pat on the back uh good for him speaking of old friends uh Mike Clevenger is going to make his debut in Cleveland uh, there is, of course, a great, uh, you know, humor in that, an irony. He's going to face, what, three members of that trade? He's going to face Naylor, Miller, and Hedges, likely. Um, the other, you know, players who are part of that deal, uh, Cantillo, Arias, who's hurt. Why am I blanking on the sixth part of that deal? Uh, it's going to drive me nuts. I'm going to have to, like, pause and look up. Oh, Quantrell. Yeah, so he can't face the two pitchers and the guy who broke his wrist. Uh, this team offensively has been quite strong. <laughs> this is a uh, a team that is really performing well offensively. Uh, Eric Hosmer has been, as everyone predicted, one of the best hitters on the planet. I'm kidding. I mean, he was just left for dead. Machado was looking like the Machado I think they thought they were getting when they were getting just an elite high-end uh, player. Every, we all give Tampa a ton of credit. That deal where they got... Um, man, I'm having a... It was a long day at work today. It was... I got punched in the face, if I'm being perfectly honest. It was one of those days. Uh, you know, blame my, my scatterbrain on that. But, yeah, they... Uh, Cronenworth was for the outfielder who went to Boston, who then went to... Um, Milwaukee, who was a SEC performer. He'd started out as a catcher. I want to say like a miss school. I could be wrong. Like, you know, I'm getting myself in trouble with the president. Why am mad? But Cronenworth was part of that. Like, uh, he went out there in that deal. There's got to be someone screaming at the TV. Uh, Hunter Renfro. I was really high on Renfro in college, too. That was the, the Clint Frazier draft. Uh, yeah, but Cronenworth has been you know, really good. Really, I mean, he's he's kind of a modern day. Oh my goodness, Ellis! What an evening! Why can't I not think of the guy who played all the positions? Uh, Joe Madden's favorite player, 
I'm going to pause so I can look it up and come back. I Again, I got punched in the face today, so I'm going to blame that for my just uh, scatterbrain. He's got a Ben Zobrist profile who also started with Tampa, so that's um, you know that's that's the guy I was going for in that situation, a similar player. Uh, you know, I, I, how did I find his name? I went and typed Joe Madden favorite player. Uh, but yeah, the San Diego team offensively, I mean, even without Tatis, they're, they're playing well. C.J. Abrams has been a little bit eh. Austin Nola, okay. Matt Beatty has is, is gotten a lot of reps and right in that. I mean, this is a team that needs outfield help, uh, but it, it's still... Uh, co-host wants to jump up and say hello. Uh, join in on the show today. Cats and babies, secret of my success. I keep saying that. Uh, do you remember when Trace Thompson was in the minor leagues with Cleveland for like an entire year in AAA and never got the call up? Well, he is now in the majors um, for uh, San Diego. That's that's how desperate they are in terms of outfield uh, depth. It is a team that uh, could certainly use an outfielder. It's also a team that's beat up. By the way, you know, I, I was all about trading for Luke Voigt. DL. Tatis, we all know. DL. Will Myers, DL. Clevenger, Moore, John Snell. DL, DL, DL. Austin Adams, Michael ba- Baez, uh, Pierce Johnson, Drew Pomeranz. DLs galore. They have five players on the 60-day disabled list. This is a beat-up team. Let's let's start our comparisons, right? Let's just go through, do what we do, and compare these two teams. We'll take our break here and come back and do the comparison uh, to end the show. Listen, I've talked about Rock Auto before. Uh, don't be a moron like me. Actually, take advantage of Rock Auto. This is two sponsors in one show where it's like, uh, I'm costing myself money by not listening to myself. Listen to me, okay? I'm telling you here. I could have saved 40 bucks if I'd gone to Rock Auto and got my windshield wipers. That's an easy fix. I am not a car person, but I could have done that. You can change your filters. By the way, they often have rebates and deals on filters to save even more. You want to go to Rock Auto, check it out for yourself. It is fantastic prices. It's one central location, American-owned company. They keep the cost low. And because they've been doing it for 20 years, they just have it down. You know, This is a early adopter of using the Internet to get out stuff. You can see what's hot. You can see what people buy. You don't. Sometimes you go to a location uh, and you're looking at stuff and you're like, I don't know what's good. You can tell. They'll let you know right there on their own website. Like, this is the one that people buy the most often. And that lets you know what is their preferred type. Go to rockauto.com today and make sure in the little box, how'd you hear about us? You're going to type some form of locked on, locked on MLB, locked on Guardians, some locked on to let them know we sent you. That is rockauto.com and make sure that you let them know locked on sent you. Okay, starting a catcher, advantage, Padres. Like It's just going to be advantage other team from here until the end of time. First base, uh, ten, I think it's probably going to be Naylor doing most of the games at first base uh, in the upcoming series. If Rosario is healthy, uh, maybe it shifts things where it's more Owen Miller at first base. I'm, for now, I'm going to stick with Naylor there. And a weird statement to say advantage. Padres, but like Hosmer is having the best stretch of his whole career uh, right now. So it is a two-spot advantage. Moving to second base, uh, Cronenworth has been spectacular. Owen Miller has been spectacular. Uh, In terms of actual production, I think Cronenworth's been better, and he's got a longer history of production. So it's a three-spot advantage. Moving to shortstop, that's Hey Song Kim, who's been really good this year. A nice rebound. Kind of an under-the-radar rebound because there's so many other stars in place. 
Andre Jimenez has been absolutely on fire, though. I would say advantage Guardians in this case, just with the way Jimenez has played, uh, his overall skill set, and the track record dating back, not necessarily to last year, but to 2020. So moving along, it's it's only a two-advantage, two-point lead. Third base advantage Guardians. like that. Just like how catcher is always a loss, third base is always a win. So that part of the infield essentially eliminates the other part of the infield, so you have a one-spot advantage. Moving to the center field position, Trent Grisham and Miles Straw. Weirdly, I'm going to say advantage Guardians. Straw's a better defender. He's actually hit better this year, Grisham. You know, I thought at one point he was going to turn into a star. He's turned into a solid player, and on a team, he's only 25. It feels like he's been around forever, right? Uh, on a team that has struggled with the outfield options, though, uh, he has been a, a rock for them. But now it's it's completely evened up. Moved to left field. Jackson Profar, uh, speaking of career years, is having one. But so let's. I, I'm not sure when Rosario is going to play or in what case. So I'm going to say Palacios versus Profar is advantage San Diego. You move to right field where Matt Beatty versus Quan is advantage Cleveland. Uh, so it's completely even. Now, if Quan were to be the left fielder, I would say still advantage Cleveland. And then right field, if it was Naylor, you'd say advantage Cleveland. And you assume maybe an Owen Miller at first, Rosario at second. How does that change things? Eh, I mean, maybe it's a, a, a one-point advantage to Cleveland. Otherwise, we're looking at kind of a, you know, darn near a tie, in, or, or a tie, I should say. The DH position, I mean, for now... Even with the positive hit, he's too much of a na- like. It's been a really bad go for Fran Mill, so it, it would be advantage to the other team. Uh, even though Abrams isn't exactly lighting the world on fire, he hasn't been one of the worst hitters in baseball. Rotation-wise, uh, this is just a, a two-game series, so you're getting Clevenger and Gore and Plesac and Quantrell. Uh, through this year, Gore has been, you know, can see why I spent this offseason talking about trying to trade for him. Joe Musgrove might be their ace. Manea has been solid. Darvish has been solid. Uh, overall rotation is advantage Padres in this series. I would say still advantage Padres. Bullpen, uh, they've spent a lot of money, but they also have a lot of guys beat up. A lot of old friend alerts. Craig Stamen, we already talked about. Um, Drew Pomeranz. They also just have a lot of starters back there, like uh, uh, Dilnison Lamette who was a Cy Young candidate in that shortened year. Uh, I'm kind of curious to see what they do. The pen is actually not a strength. I would say that's advantage Cleveland. So these are two teams that end up fairly well matched. You know, I think um, it might surprise some with as good as the Padres' record has been. Uh, but I, I do, once they get healthy, I, the Padres are definitely a better team. Guardians are catching them uh, unhealthy. Clevenger versus Plesak. You know, Clevenger's going to face his, his good friend that day. I, I don't know what Clevenger's going to be. Like, if he's healthy, that is clear advantage, San Diego. Gore versus Quantrell. I would lean towards Quantrell. So tomorrow's game is probably the one I have the least confidence in. Wednesday's game is the one that I have the most confidence in. Uh, make sure to tune in again for tomorrow's show, where I'm going to be talking with Hunter Gaddis. Uh, future Guardians pitcher. I feel very comfortable stating that, going out and saying he's going to... The fastball change is good enough. Now, I know I said the same thing about Logan Allen, so go ahead and bring that up. That's fair. Um, It's fair. 
<laughs> Sometimes you get them wrong. Uh, it happens. But I, I'll be curious. Uh, he'll be on the show. And then we will, on Thursday's show, we'll sum up the two-game series against the Padres, and we will preview the next series for the Guardians. It's going to be you know, a lot to talk about because we do have the interview, which is awesome. But then we're going to preview Toronto coming to town. So uh, that Toronto team... Man, I got the the stat. I didn't realize just how good Alec Manea was until I was looking at them today. And then, uh, no matter what happens with Toronto, the nice thing is then Chicago comes to town and Cleveland has had their number in the early going. But then again, so has all of baseball as that team is nine and thirteen. Have we talked about the Central recently? Tigers seven and fourteen, Royals seven and fourteen, White Sox nine and thirteen, Cleveland ten and twelve, Twins fourteen and nine. Three and a half game lead on the Guardians, who are currently second. It's it's a crazy division in terms of how bad teams have been. Uh, means that there's always a chance for this Guardians team. I've been Jeff Ellis. This has been Lockdown Guardians podcast for today. Remember to rate and review, download daily. That helps. Subscribe on YouTube. Um, this was a rough day for me, so I, I would appreciate anyone who listens to the show and then goes and subscribes on YouTube. You know, I got as I said earlier, I got punched in the face. You want to make me feel better? Let's get us over 200 subs. Uh, that'll make me feel better or a bunch of downloads for the show. Uh, I, I appreciate all the fans out there though. It's, you know, it's all in good fun. Things happen such as life. Um, I, you know, I, I don't want to bury anyone or, or make too big of a deal, uh, about behaviors. They happen. That's just life. When you, uh, when you teach kids, sometimes someone has a bad day, just like sometimes in baseball, someone has a bad day, uh, late night, long day. Let's just end this. I have been Jeff Ellis. This has been Lockdown Guardians Podcast. As always, thank you so much uh, to the fans for everything you do to help this podcast continue to grow and be as good as it can be. And hopefully, let me know. Do you think the podcast is improving? After 700 episodes, do you think it's stuck in a rut? Do you think it is getting better? What else could I do for the show? Remember to always hit me up on my Twitter at JeffMLBDraft so uh, I can have some questions for those random mailbags. I know this means like three weeks in a row. I haven't done like a full college show. We'll try to maybe line that up for Friday, depending on things. Maybe not a full show, but we might also. I got to do a mock sooner rather than later as well at some point. So I will sit down and do that. Maybe I'll talk with Lindsay and have us just spitball a mock together on a, a show or two. But uh, again, I've been Jeff Ellis. This has been Lockdown Guardians Podcast. Uh, thank you all. And as I end every episode now, go, go, Guardians, go.